0: Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. Hello and welcome to an Eldritch Dream Games production of the Eterna podcast. This podcast is made possible by our patrons, from the LCP D&D podcast, we have Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, and Brian Bridges. From our sister podcast, Dustris, as well as the HexGrid Heroes Network, we have Don Bewley. And also from Dustris, as well as ActionForge, we have Brian Rafe. Please stay tuned after the story to hear about the great projects these guys are working on. And thank you so much for supporting us. Hello everybody. This is Sean the GM here. Just taking a little note that this episode is basically made up of what the players are doing throughout the month approaching the new year. So, it's got a bit of this here and there. We recorded it in multiple sessions with different groups of people, so it's a little broken, but have fun. See you at the end. <laughs>
1: um, I imagine that like maybe a couple of weeks before the whole wedding thing happens, Um, like, Riley hasn't really seen Brock in combat, I don't think.
2: Uh, we fought the rats and all I did was punch stuff. And then when you were on the cart fighting the dude, I was firing rocks and missing completely. So no, you have not really seen a whole lot of what he could do.
1: Yeah, so I think all he knows is that you can kind of throw rocks Um, so, um, I mean, uh, at some point during like the, the downtime we're cutting through, uh, if Brock is free, Riley will express interest in, like say, by saying, you know, we've traveled together for some time and I don't exactly understand what you're capable of. Would you consider having a sparring match with me in case you didn't realize I am actually a rather accomplished swordsman? (laughs)
2: Oh, is this, uh, is this another one of your tests to see if I am worthy of being in the guild?
1: Uh, no, clearly you're worthy of being in the guild. This is a test to see if you're worthy of having more votes.
2: Oh, so I have a, I have a chance to earn votes in this.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, of course. That is how these things work, I'm sure. Probably. Well,
2: then. well I, have, I have been practicing something, and a sparring match would be a good place to try it out as that is preferable to learning whether or not it works in actual combat
1: this is agreeable to me it's a perfect way to learn and to be perfectly fair I haven't really had a sparring match since a rather long time at least not a non-lethal one
2: uh, he would nod he would, uh, he would say "I have. I have also not really had an actual sparring match at least since i did so with my father
1: i see and uh, go ahead
2: before before you start he would actually the cestus that he's usually wearing you know if he's not Mm -hmm. working on something he's usually just got it on just to uh be comfortable with it on he would actually take it off which would seem weird to you as you're about to fight
1: (laughs) riley says (laughs) did you just take off your weapon that seems awfully weird to me as we are just about to fight (laughs)
2: Uh, he would. He would not. It is. It has to do with what I am. What I am practicing.
1: I see. Kind of. Okay. Well, there's only one way to find out, I suppose. I mean, I guess I could ask, but I'd rather not. Riley draws his rapier and assumes his uh, usual fighting stance, um, keeping the uh, rapier pointed out, getting a good distance um, set up between his opponents you in this case and himself um i'm sure it's a stance that you've probably seen him take a few times before since you know he is an accomplished swordsman
2: Mm -hmm. very accomplished
1: very accomplished
2: (laughs) then brock would appreciate the distance set up a pretty firm base and just kind of wait for either you to move or if long enough passes he would he would start himself
1: sure um and okay cool so then uh just assuming the role of DM here, I, I like I said, I don't really want to, like, roll dice to do this. But you, do you want to just, like, describe Brock's fighting style? Then I'll describe Riley's, and we'll just kind of go from okay. there. Okay,
2: uh, would he take the first move, or would he let Brock take the initiative?
1: Um, Riley's a uh, very, like, counterattack response fighter, so he usually waits for openings in opponents. Um, he's working on getting into probably taking like improved feints. So I could see him moving forward and like trying to get Brock to do something to get him an opening, but not really being directly offensive until he finds a good opening. Um, so it's a little bit of taunting, I guess.
2: Okay. Well then, uh, I guess Brock would take the offensive initiative then. Seeing as this is non-lethal, what he would do is he would start by just summoning up his, uh, Kinetic blast, which is just his launched thing. It would just basically he would keep them all spherical, not jagged or spiky in this case, mm-hmm. as did not actually injure. But it right. would essentially just kind of Earth would start appearing from seemingly nowhere behind him, <laughs> solidify into a rock, and then just fly forward. And he would kind of use his hand to guide the kind of guide the motion, kind of like okay. you know Earthbender style.
1: Oh, okay, he's an Earthbender. That's that's pretty much.
2: Yeah, basically that's exactly what this class is
1: okay so you're you're largely just throwing rocks at riley
2: uh for the for right now yes (laughs) Okay. until he gets in melee range that is what he will do
1: okay yeah then um like in response to that i imagine riley taking some focus to like make sure he doesn't get hit by rocks so it's a lot of dodging the whole rocks coming up from behind probably throws him off a uh a bit um Depending on how many rocks you throw, I'm sure you, like, hit him in the shoulders or, like, in the chest well, or whatever. Wouldn't,
2: they wouldn't be coming from behind you. They would be coming from behind Brock.
1: Oh, behind Brock. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's like, they would They would, be, he would basically be throwing them right at you.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, then it's a fucking, like, um, moving forward, weaving between <laughs> rocks that are being thrown <laughs> at Riley. Maybe, like, one or two clipping off his shoulders or whatever until he can get into melee range and um, try to force a, like, a melee response out of Brock.
2: Okay. Uh, as you, as you get into melee, Mm -hmm. uh, you would notice, like, just right when you get into kind of punching distance, Brock would take, like, a, like, a kind of a wider stance, still maintaining, like, a defense so you can't just hit him,
1: basically Mm -hmm. saying
2: this would provoke an attack of opportunity. Right. (laughs) Uh, he kind of, he does his gather energy, which is a very violent display of just, kind of like, imagine going Super Saiyan, just,
1: <laughs> just, the about energy,
2: <laughs> just energy going around, kind of rocks building up and swirling around him,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and
2: just, he go, goes for like a punching motion, and just in the motion, the rocks kind of coalesce around his hand, and uh, instead of a bare fist, there's now an actual Cestus, right there, on his hand, made out of pure rock, and he would punch it rightly with it.
1: So. You just wrapped your fist in rocks. Big yes. M- mechanically, <laughs> what is that?
2: <laughs> uh, it is my blast, but in a in a punch <laughs> form. It's a melee version of my blast. <laughs> mechanically, here's the benefit.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. Let me
2: explain to you why this is good. Normally, if you were face to face with me and I mm-hmm. shot you with my ranged blast, right. I would provoke two attacks of opportunity. One for using a special. Uh, a supernatural ability, one for firing a ranged attack. The way this works, I do not provoke any attacks of opportunity.
1: But you still get to use the power, basically.
2: Yes. I still get to use my attack. Uh, I have to do the, for right now, I have to do the gather power thing, or it hurts me to use it. Mm -hmm. But gathering power doesn't provoke either. So as long as I don't have to move, Mm -hmm. it's a way for me to not be Right now, it's a defensive thing of, like, if someone gets in my face, like, oh shit, punch.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Uh, it's kinetic blade, but it doesn't necessarily state in kinetic blade that it has to be a slashing weapon. It just says has to be a weapon you're familiar with.
1: Well, this is all very interesting to me out of game and Riley in game, because both of us have very little understanding of kinetics. <laughs> yes. So. Um cool cool so yeah if uh Brock lunges at Riley with a uh, rock punch <laughs> um like the the response mechanically to give a little bit of the uh, swashbuckler class since this seems to be what we're doing um I'd, I'd probably have Riley try to uh do the uh uh parry and riposte so he'd get an attack roll to try to beat yours and if he succeeded um, he'd block the attack and um, would get a uh, counterattack, basically. He'd have to spend a point of panache if we were actually rolling this out, but we're not. Yeah. So um, just like in terms of flavor, I-, I picture like Riley taking a like quick step back and trying to get the parry off by like smacking away your rock fist. <laughs> <laughs> and then going for the follow up lunge where we probably engage in like dodging and melee and blocking and all that stuff for a little
3: bit
2: yeah uh, just to kind of give you an idea of another little bit of his fighting style Uh, when you hit him like when your blade hits his skin like not even his armor but just his skin just kind of like where you would expect to like poke him or something right uh, you would notice his skin is actually like it feels like there's actually a layer of like something hard in between you and his skin as well so it feels like even if you were to actually try and stab him you wouldn't do as much damage as you thought you would
1: Interesting. So is that DR? I have DR2 beaten Oof. by Adamantine. Woof. Lucky you. His skin is Brock hard. <laughs> 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 Great. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh Riley would ha- Riley would have to kind of like uh try to power through that even to get any sort of non-lethal hits in. Um, <laughs> um but ultimately Riley's fighting style just like falls into making his one attack when there's an opening counts. Otherwise he focuses on defense. And I say this because he has a, uh, a traits that lowers the penalty for combat expertise by one. So every time uh-huh. he attacks, he's attacking defensively at no real penalty, but he always yeah. tries to put what he can into it. Typically going for that power attack because you know, Melee fighters so have taking, to melee fight.
2: You're taking a lot of negatives then.
1: Well, it's just the, uh, the power attack.
2: Oh, yeah, attack. I guess because it's reduced by one, you're not taking anything right now.
1: Right, Any right. Negative. So it's just the power attack negative. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. actually
2: pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Brock's, Brock's fighting style is a you have to come to him kind of thing because he has both ranged and melee now.
1: Right, so right. He,
2: he would certainly, he would try to take like a this is where I'm standing kind of position. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would also, I think I have the ability as just a whenever I want to kind of thing. Only once, though. Uh, is that one of the things that I have?
1: <laughs> I was just about to say, can I disarm your rock
2: fist? Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. One thing he would do, though, is uh, kind of as y'all fight, mm-hmm. just kind of go back and forth. And he would keep doing, because it goes away, like it would crumble away every time he, like when he punches, it would crumble away right after that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, About halfway through, he would start doing other things. Like he would summon like a short sword and swing at you. And then kind of later on, he would actually try and it would be a crude rock version. But he would try and summon a copy of your rapier and like stab at you. And he's you, you can tell he's just trying to see what he can do because he's, right. not, he's trying to learn it as he's fighting you.
1: Oh, that's fair. And uh, like in the heat of battle, Riley will find that like super interesting that you can vary up like the the weapon you're using and your method of attack. So he'll focus more on less a little bit less on actually like trying to damage you and more of just like engaging in a little bit of sword play, Um, especially if he notices that you're just trying out various forms of attack, Um, essentially like working with you through that.
2: Uh, you would notice when it comes to, like, the sword play, like, when he's actually swinging with, like, a sword and stuff, he's, he's awful at it. Like, te- mechanically, it's the same as, like, he would be regularly fighting. Sure. But, like, in, like, trying to sword fight, he's not good at that. He's never used a sword really.
1: Right. Well, it's about practice and getting used to it then. And, um... Yep. Riley's not, like, snapping through his, uh, inexperience in sword play, but more playing along. Uh, for the experience. Which I'm sure we're getting tons of experience for this.
2: Man, so much.
1: Do you do you think if we uh, fight long enough, we can level up just from this?
2: <laughs> uh, you would notice though, occasionally he would uh, just to kind of a thing that he can do that he would certainly practice if you were given him the opportunity to. Is uh, normally where he would kind of do the whole gather power and make a huge display of it before swinging at you. Mm-hmm. There would be. Uh, couple of instances like maybe once or twice because it would certainly hurt him to do this uh, he would do the summoned weapon without any lead up he would just do it there would be okay. no display no anything it would just happen
3: uh, right he would
2: look like he is somewhat tired after that as it is wearing on his body
1: yeah and I can imagine in terms of like describing the scene the the first couple of times you do that out of nowhere it probably throws Riley off Because he gets kind of a little conditioned to expect the build-up and play around that.
2: Huh. I'll keep that in mind.
1: Uh, Say what you're going to keep in mind for the viewers, for the listeners.
2: Oh, uh, Sean's (laughs) telling me that he is going to allow me to also... If I ready an action, make a shield out of it, although I will have to use the burn feature, which that's what's hurting me, by the way, is if I use my powers that have burn associated with them, I take non lethal damage. I see. It's just like he's getting tired.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so uh, um, unless there's anything else that you want to kind of go over about your class's fighting style?
2: Uh, not really. Unless Riley would actually ask things in character, which Brock would certainly explain.
1: Well, I, um, so I, I think once uh, the two of them kind of uh, stop sparring and to cool down a little bit, he'd probably ask some questions. Um, but just as kind of an observation, I imagine that's where um, Brock kind of has Riley uh, a little beaten is just in terms of general versatility, just the amount of things you can do. And also if Brock ever tries to keep at range, Riley doesn't really have range options. So he's yeah. always forced to kind of get up in there.
2: Oh yeah, Brock certainly has ranged options.
1: Yeah. The uh, only dangerous thing the real dangerous thing about Riley is when he lands a critical hit. Though those suck.
2: <laughs> oh, there's I got bad news for you then, if we fight after the next session.
1: Can, can you not get crit?
2: I am gonna be immune to critical hits. <laughs> as long as I have the points to spend.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, what are the chances that you and I are actually going to have to, like, really actually throw down at some point? Probably zero chance.
2: Oh, I really hope so. I like (laughs) that we don't, like, not that we do.
1: (laughs) Good save, good save.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, uh, I'm getting the legendary item thing, and one of its things is I can burn a point, like, one of the mythic point things, Mm -hmm. and uh, negate sneak attack or critical hit to me.
1: Uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super good. Against crit builds like mine. Or cunt. <laughs> well,
2: my whole thing is negating damage, man. I yeah, gotta, I know. I gotta keep that damage low.
1: It, it's good. <laughs> it's good. You you're doing your thing, I will be doing my thing. <laughs> it's just funny that they completely counteract each other. Yep. Yeah, yeah that'll be funny. Um so yeah by the by the end of the the sparring match i imagine that like riley has you know a few bruises from where he got pelted with rocks (laughs) um i don't i don't know if Brock bruises at all considering he has dr but maybe he's just exhausted from the fight
2: uh yeah he would he would certainly uh he would he would show extreme exhaustion especially after burning and uh I mean, I would imagine there's bruising. You probably wouldn't be able to see it, though. Because sure. the way I'm kind of flavoring his DR is that he's just kind of packing dirt. Like, not literally picking it up and <laughs> throwing it on it, but like, just pull, pulling er, dirt to uh, kind of his skin. And it's just making a layer mm-hmm. of dirt over his skin that's kind of blocking it.
1: I see. And so, thanks for I clarifying, because I was about to say, oh, he's just, like, wakes up every day and slams dirt against his, like, rubs dirt against his skin in the morning.
2: <laughs> no. Uh, A lot of his uh, powers are going to be drawn from other planes, essentially. So, like, the dirt isn't actually going to be picked up, unless some of it is. But most of the time, when I'm actually using an ability, Mm -hmm. it's going to be pulled in from a different... Um, You'd actually just call it on, like, armor, almost.
1: I see. So, summon it from the plane of dirt.
2: Uh, Actually, I think Sean said it's through the ethereal plane.
1: Oh, okay. That's... You know what, that's less cool than the plane of dirt, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> the plane of dirt. Yeah, the plane of dirt.
2: <laughs> I mean, there is a plane of dirt.
1: <laughs> and you could be using that's... it, but hmm. Oh well.
2: Uh Brock would ask though, if you're uh, you're your, he would kinda as as they sit down, he would uh yeah. would say, uh is, is your father the one who taught you how to fight you uh you use his rapier
1: Riley like uh takes a chug from like a uh, jug of water that I'm sure we've brought over by this point and then passes it to Brock and says, In some ways, yes. He told me many stories about uh, the combats he's encountered in his life, and he kept some details on sword fighting. He was very proud of his skills with a rapier. I can't tell you how many times I read over his journals and his notes, and although I ended up teaching myself much of what I know, it provided me a very, very good foundation.
2: So then was he not able to teach you himself?
1: No, unfortunately, my father passed when I was young.
2: He would kind of give, like, a solemn nod of just kind of understanding. Like, that is unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: It's been several years. It doesn't particularly make it easier. My father was a good man. But... I've taken the things he's left and hope to accomplish a lot with them.
2: Well, it seems so far that you are putting them to quite a good use. You seem to be quite the skilled swordsman so far.
1: Uh, Riley, like, visibly lights up a little bit at that, as if he takes a lot of pride in his capabilities with a uh, sword. And um, with a smile, he'll uh, take the jug of water back for another drink and say... and. You as well, Brock. You held yourself uh, much better than I expected, to be honest. I didn't know what exactly to expect other than you being able to throw rocks. And I'm uh, uh, very satisfied with how that turned out. Tell me, where did you pick up your skills?
2: I, too, learned mine from my father. It is a family trait that we pass down in my family line. Every uh, every one of my family can do it. My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather.
1: I see. So it's a capability you had ever since you were young?
2: Yes, it takes a while to understand. It, it takes uh, practice and understanding in order to use it and... To use it well, as you said earlier, all you'd seen me be able to do was throw rocks. And that is because up until recently, that is all I've been able to do. Uh, This ability that I've shown you in this fight is something I have learned within only maybe the past month. Even though I've been practicing for years. But it is... It is seen to be hereditary. I I do believe I've had this power since I was born, yes.
1: Well, if this is true, then you certainly seem to have reached new milestones in your capabilities.
2: Well, my, my power is drawn from a connection with the Earth. And I feel that I was drawn out here, and he would kind of motion to just the air, to truly understand what that is. I feel that I have been given purpose for walking the Earth by Desna. And one of them, I feel, is to understand the world better.
1: And do you, having come this far to where we currently stand, do you feel like you're getting closer?
2: Well, I am nowhere near that of my father. And he certainly was able to master quite a bit never leaving underground although in a way that is a deeper connection with the earth but i do feel that i have seen things that i would never have been able to understand staying below so i i hope that by the end of my journey i will have mastered more than heat
1: well in my opinion brock a uh well-traveled soul is an experienced one, one that learns a lot more than one that stays stationary.
2: That is is—that is what I believe as well. As I said, I think Desna has put me in this situation to see things and meet certain people. And I think truly you might be one of those people.
1: Well, I'm delighted to hear that. And I think uh, you as well as everyone else are Outstanding companions to have, uh, randomly run into on the road, so to speak.
2: Well, as I said, I don't think it is quite as random as we feel.
1: Perhaps not. Um, but you speak of Desna quite a bit, and admittedly, I am not a uh, particularly well versed in a lot of studies. Would you, uh, care to elaborate or speak of your beliefs for a little bit. I've heard a lot about, uh, Calistria from Victoria in our nights of conversation, but I unfortunately feel like I don't know as much about Desna or your beliefs, even though we've traveled together for some time so far. Um, if you care to share,
2: he would actually kind of laugh himself and he would say, I too know very little Desna. Uh, <laughs> he would say, I've truly only recently, fallen under, uh, her domain as, uh, all my life I grew up believing in, or well, under the worship of Toreg, who is, he is a God who holds one's family and community above all else, which is held very highly in my home. We, we view the home as the most important thing, but a man came to me one day, a traveler who, much like I have grown to uh, want to do, was traveling the world under Desmond's guidance for no reason other than to see it. He told me of these things and of the things that he had seen and her belief in freedom and exploring and discovering oneself out in the world and this much like the story that you told me of your father is something that i had felt my entire life i had felt that living in a hole in the ground is not where i was meant to stay for all of my life now it is where i will return when my time comes but all my life i had felt pulled to the surface now this maybe because my mother was a human who came from the surface and since I was a child filled me with stories of what it was like but I never really got to see it other than short trips to the surface to meet with traders and such so when this man came along and told me of his faith of exploring the world I knew it 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 was what I needed so I don't actually know many of her tenants. I just know that she watches over those who travel. And I feel that she has pulled me to do so.
1: That's interesting, because the way you speak, although I didn't grow up underground, I identify with a lot of those feelings. And although I am doing just as you are, traveling the world, I imagine that if I were stuck in a singular location, and I were to have met you and have this very conversation, that you would be the man to inspire me to travel the world.
2: Well, I would, I would like to think that I could inspire others to, to do as they, they, uh, they truly desire. And as I said before, I think Desna has put me with you for a reason because it seems since we've met, you are a a natural leader of people. I, though I have grown under my father's direction, who he has led our clan for as long as I remember, I, I do not truly think that I can lead people yet. But I've, I've watched you and how you quickly jump into every situation with confidence. And I think I can learn from you on how to inspire people and lead them.
1: And hopefully, one day protect one. Riley uh, chuckles a little bit and says, "Well, Brock, I do not. I certainly do not really consider myself a leader. Leader, even though I uh, own a guild now. <laughs> but I am simply a man who knows right from wrong and who thinks he knows what he ought to do. But if you even ask Victoria, I do have a tendency to jump first in rather uh, dangerous situations." Hell, you've probably already noticed that a few times.
2: I have, but... Learning from your successes is just as good as learning from your mistakes. So, if I watch you fail, then that is a learning experience. And together, we can rebuild and see what it's like to succeed together.
1: This is fair. Perhaps someday, Brock, you will have your own guild.
2: I I do not think I desire a guild of my own. When it is time, and my father deems that his time as the head of our clan has ended, he will then pass that responsibility on to me. And I promised him the day that I left that when I had seen all that I needed to of the world, I would return and take up the position of watching over and protecting our people. So, I do not think I need a guild. But I do need to return home with the understanding of what it means to protect people.
3: I
1: see. So you have, you actually have a great duty ahead of you at the end of your road.
2: I do. And I hope that I am able to actually live enough of my life that when I return, I will be satisfied with what I have done.
1: Well, then, Brock, you and I and the others, let's continue our travels once we finish here in Starlight, see where this world takes us, and I will continue to act as I do, knowing that even if I fail or mess up, that you'll help me rebuild to get to where we both need to be.
2: Uh, He would reach out his hand kind of like to shake yours, and he would say, let's do that.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Riley goes right in for that, uh, big meaty man handshake
2: Ooh, big meaty man handshake
1: <laughs> yeah and then you know um, I imagine the two kind of polish off that jug of water and continue uh, talking for a while um, once they regain their strength maybe even sparring a little bit more to kind of wrap up the day yeah probably that works that was good
5: yeah
1: wow I know so much about Brock now that I didn't before.
5: You learned As a Eleanor, lot. You know,
2: and you are sworn to secrecy. Oh. <laughs> no. Don't worry, Brock.
1: I promise I won't tell anyone. Wink. It won't be the first time I've lied to you.
2: <laughs> oh my God, don't that place. The lies. He trusts you. They oh, yeah. But he does.
1: <laughs> it's only gonna get worse because I was considering taking skill focus in the bluff so that I could faint better, but <laughs> um yeah no to, to like wrap out that whole thing, Riley will say that he he believes that Brock has passed the test and can earn one more vote within the guild.
2: <laughs> Brock would laugh and he would go, I hope you're serious, because that's the way I'm taking it.
1: <laughs> By all means, you can edit to However you're keeping track of how many votes you carry.
2: I already have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm going to need to start keeping a ledger of how many votes I'm giving out to people. <laughs> 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 okay, wait. No, I should do this. Hold on.
2: Brock has three and a half. Let's...
1: I'm going to start up a new section of my little notes here. The Riley Moorheim guilds voting rights <laughs> let's see uh, oh Sean's doing it for me but that's okay uh, let's see Brock 3.5 to 4 <laughs> gave the cat and box one each okay <laughs> is box even intelligent enough to vote What's box is in?
5: Uh, Right now, I think it's like two, but it's going to go up.
1: Oh. The the cat's int is two, too, isn't it? Did I not give Tava votes yet?
5: No, I don't have any votes yet.
1: Oh. I guess, yeah, by default, she has one. We'll have to rectify that. I'm sure it'll come up eventually. Wait, wait, she was knighted though, so she has a title at least. It might not count for voting rights, but it definitely counts for something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is Mozart getting votes? No. (laughs) It was expressly stated that Mozart has zero.
1: The day that I don't forget Mozart's in the party is the day that Mozart will get some votes
2: each be inside box as a vote? I don't think so.
1: That that would make box the most powerful entity in the guild. (laughs) Man, I can't wait to take leadership and keep track of every one of my followers' voting rights. We'll have, like, a meeting every once in a while to to decide on guild matters by putting it to a vote. And it'll all be completely fucking arbitrary.
2: (laughs) All the level ones combined have one vote.
1: Yeah, they have to be their own group. They're going to do their own little level one adventuring on their own, you know. What if they don't agree? Well, then it's the job of their party leader to make them agree.
0: And now Brock goes to get his palm read by Adira.
2: Well, I, I imagine I would approach her by walking to wherever she's at, which is probably going to be either in Clint's house or her wagon thing.
5: Yeah, she's probably yeah. in the wagon thing. The Vardo.
2: Well then he would knock first.
5: Well the door's probably standing open.
3: Oh well then he.
5: Because unless it's cold out she's probably gonna have the door open if she's awake.
2: Oh, well, then never mind. He will not knock. Well, I would still probably at least knock on the door for him to announce his presence. of Like, hey, I'm here.
5: Hey, you're here. Um, <sighs> but he
2: would, he would walk up. He would knock. He'd be like, um, there's there's something else I needed to ask of you if you had the time, please.
5: I have all the time in the world. Um, you... You
2: know that thing you did for my grandfather's circlet where you could see into it? Right. Um, when we first arrived here, something happened to me. Kind of. And I have haven't you seen, seen people too. I, I am not. I have not seen any. And, that, that is kind of why I'm here. I haven't seen any effect of this currently. But when we arrived, I'm, I'm sure you noticed the giant stone dragon that Clint has in his museum.
5: Yeah, it's kind of hard to
2: miss. Well, while I was looking it over, as of course it caught my attention, he, uh, Part of it went inside of me, like a spirit or its energy or something like that. And I haven't seen any kind of effect from it or anything like that. So I was hoping maybe you might be able to see if it's something I should be worried about
5: Okay, um, do you want me to read you, or read the dragon?
2: Uh, I I guess whichever you feel would be most effective. Sean? Figuring out what exactly is happening.
0: Yeah.
5: Which do I think is going to be most effective?
0: (laughs) Um, you could do both. You could do, um, prognostication on him and you can do uh, object reading on dragon
5: okay then we'll do both sounds good to me which one do you want me to do first Sean
0: that is up to you up to the two of you well he's standing right here
5: we'll we'll read him first
0: alright go ahead and give me a sense motive for prognostication uh, you gain plus two from him being willing and aiding.
5: Okay. Make this work. And then it'd be two higher, so.
0: Okay. Um, and then just allow double. me right quick to, uh... Because I have to roll one of these for every minute. Okay, uh, two minutes in... Mm-hmm you're going to have one of your connections. Alright, so uh, while you're reading his poem, uh, Brock, uh, you wouldn't be familiar with this, uh, but you would suddenly uh, gain a flash of what seems to be memories and emotions. Most of it fear and panic, the visual of a dark landscape covered in an ashen soil, an eclipsed sun hanging overhead, chittering of strange creatures, but otherwise silence, nothing but the sound of heartbeats and footfalls. You do gain a few other glimpses of something else though, a number of children in a bright land full of sand and stone. You get a feeling of care.
5: That number would be five.
0: Maybe he doesn't see all five of them, huh?
5: You lost one of my kids.
0: (sighs) He's gaining little snippets of memory. He's not seeing your life story okay i'm
5: just fucking with you
0: (sighs) anyway you you gain the emotional attachment you you can sense uh the love and care uh, for these children but these are mere flits between all the terror and and darkness on the other side Tracy, uh, Adira, because I, I don't think she's been renamed Tova yet, or Tava just yet. Um, you see a young earthen boy, uh, a child-like version of Brock reflected in a small Uh, Ceremonial pool. Curiosity. Pulling uh, at his mind. He turns and you see a very old dwarf. A familiar circlet sitting upon his head. As with many of these transfers of memories. The words that are spoken are muddled. uh, Disjointed. But you can tell that. The child is listening intently even though at times Grey Malkin meows very loudly. So The child is listening intently. However, uh, from time to time, his sight travels off across the vast underground landscape, lit by glowing fungal uh, foliage, strange creatures that move through the dark, underground caverns of his homeland. And you can't help but feel a sense of wonder and of a bit of wanderlust. Uh, And then the visions fade. Uh, uh, What do you do at that moment?
5: Well, I was reading his hand or whatever to find out about this dragon spirit.
0: I'm, I'm aware. So no reaction from either of you. Which you are both aware of what the other has seen, as well.
2: well. I feel like she got off pretty easy. She saw me looking and going, "Ah, this sucks." Uh, Brock would probably not react so much. He would do his best because he he had been told that this might happen prior. Like he knew that. By touching her, he could see kind of visions of her past. So he would do his best to not really react. So that way, like, she doesn't feel like she's hurt him in any way. Which, if you want me to roll a bluff for that, I can. But
0: No, I think it's fine. Y'all are y'all are both trying to keep calm and whatnot. And she's likely more focused on trying to continue. Yeah,
5: she is is trying to to focus on it. Basically, it's an augury, isn't it?
2: I basically rolled a will save for him to see if we can keep shit together.
0: Okay. Uh... So, at the end of it, you don't have any more transfers. You are now aware of his loyalties.
2: Oh, um, you are aware of my loyalty to murder, my <laughs> loyalty to uh, mass murder, and my loyalty to secret murders.
1: Whoa, wait, you didn't take self-discovery? We talked about this. Everyone was taking that. <laughs> I did. I took...
2: I took self discovery. I discovered I'm really into secret murders.
1: Oh, you I completed the really loyalty.
2: That. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I was into the open murders. No, it turns out I really like the secret murders.
1: I see. Okay. Wow, that is a self discovery, man. <laughs>
2: um.
1: uh,
2: his his uh, loyalties, if you don't already know them, are uh, freedom, family, community, and self discovery. <laughs> okay. And also murder.
0: Uh, You also are aware of his, um, you're also aware that he is a kineticist and some of what that entails, uh, how he pulls materials from the ethereal plane, which in of themselves reach through to the elemental planes and others. Uh, you can see that, uh, he learned these abilities from his father, though they are inherent within him. Uh, he learned to control them by his father's guidance. That's the wrong one. Uh, but you aren't able to tell much more about him other than that with your check.
5: Okay, so nothing about this dragon spirit? No. Okay, well, that didn't get us much. Um, Let's go try to read the dragon.
0: Uh, Automatic writing can also get you an augury, uh, if you want to try that at some point. Oh, okay, that's uh, the linguistics? Yes, but that just tells you whether it's good, bad, or good, bad, both, or neither.
5: Well, yeah, but it'd be nice to know if it's bad, you know. So, but I'm gonna say that's no.
0: No, you you try, but uh, nothing comes of your writing.
5: As as you finish all of that,
2: you would you would notice Brock still kind of holding a kind of a straight face from uh, just just trying to just trying to keep himself calm because I I assume what he saw was not extremely pleasant because from the sounds of it, it was the visions of Abaddon. so he probably would not be okay with that. Right. So he would probably be just very solemn, probably not saying a whole lot. Trying to recollect himself. Just letting you do whatever you need to do.
0: And, oh, uh, in all technicality, you didn't see a lot of terrible things, but you felt more of her fear, her... But, uh, I mean,
2: I feel stones. like being hit with the emotion of that would be more intense than being hit with the visual of that. Right.
5: So, yeah, I suppose at that point, she's just like, okay, well, didn't get much from that, so let's try to read the dragon and see if we can find out anything about it. So we will make our way to the stone dragon.
2: He he will lead you to the dragon, because you probably don't know where it's at. You haven't, you don't know. You haven't
5: haven't seen it. But I have seen it. We've already established that it was hard to miss. I I know.
0: So, you head inside the museum uh, and head over to the uh, natural history wing. And there, hanging from the ceiling, is the uh, very, very large Dragon skeleton.
5: Can I reach it?
0: Uh not particularly.
2: Does she need to stand on my shoulders?
0: How tall are you, five four?
2: I'm five foot.
0: five exactly. foot.
5: I'm six feet. Uh
2: oh my god, you're six feet? <laughs> Brock's like looking like way up at you I have, to stand, <laughs> yeah. I have to stand a good distance back just to talk to you so i can look six up foot tall enough.
5: six foot is minimum height for a Shabti
0: it's also maximum height for a Shabti no oh is it not I thought they were always six feet
5: no they're
0: at least six feet uh,
2: I, I am I am pretty sure I am the maximum height that an Oriad is allowed to be.
5: I guess even when short people make statues of themselves, they make themselves look taller.
0: Of course. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I think if if Brock would like to make a strength check and... Brock would
2: like to get her a ladder.
3: (laughs) 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 Right,
0: let's see yeah you can you can find a you can find a little okay. ladder
2: yeah because that wouldn't have done anything
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have endurance not strength <laughs> all
0: right so you find a ladder and clo uh, and adira climbs up it
5: i touched the stone dragon.
0: And make explodes. me an appraise check. Twenty-two. So you're touching this uh, this skeleton, and focusing, and you gain a flash of insight as to the creature it belonged to. You see the visage of a golden dragon. It seems to be in a kind of a strange setting, like a stone floating in the night sky. There stands before it a man with very Man of wealth and taste, uh, very large man, well dressed, well groomed, red skin, and with very large horns. Standing beside him, a flaming uh, or a fire-haired woman. The uh, dragon uh, bows its head. Uh, it seems as if some sort of agreement has been made and as it bows its head a great very massive dragon with strange uh, horns its scales are red though it does not uh... do you have arcana? okay Um, Its scales are red, uh, and its body is thick and powerful. It comes out, and it crushes the other dragon in its jaws. The woman with the flaming hair will step forward, placing a hand on the dragon. Its eyes close, and it seems to go to sleep. Its scales become feather-like for a moment before disappearing into the wind. Its flesh burns away and all that is left is the bones of the skeleton. She stands and steps back away. The red-skinned man with the horns steps forward, waves his hand as the other much larger dragon at his whim backs away. He leans down touches the horn of the dragon and slowly the bone begins to uh start turning into stone then a short uh flash of a lot of time passing it is placed in the earth of a world unfinished and it acts as some sort of energy in this world. But that is all you can tell from this point.
5: Okay. Do I get plain checks on those people?
0: Sure. My goodness. Yeah, uh, rolled of one. Uh no clue.
5: So, yeah, even with my plus eight.
0: (laughs) Like, you get the general feeling that one of them was probably nicer than the other. Uh, But that's about it.
5: So I will turn to Brock and tell him everything I've just seen.
0: Uh, Brock, go ahead and make me a religion check.
2: A religion check? Yeah, you have
0: religion, right? I I thought you did.
2: I'm pretty sure I do. See, yep very little but i've got it uh
0: 20. uh the two beings she uh described uh sound very much like one of the Ark devils uh though she wasn't specific enough to tell you which one and Saren ray the goddess of the sun and redemption the sun fire and redemption and I guess
2: when she gets to that part, she's really confused as to why they're standing next to each other. Um,
0: Actually, um, with the added bit of the giant dragon acting at the Archdevil's whim, uh, I think you can narrow it down to Asmodeus, as there's literally one of those and it belongs to him.
2: Brock would just like look at the dragon and look back at her, and to look at the dragon, look back at her, Uh It seems this dragon was killed by Asmodeus and the goddess Sarenrae for some reason.
5: I don't know. That's way out of my realm of knowledge.
2: I... I feel it is way out of mine as well. As I do not think I could understand the limbs of gods or the importance that this dragon would have, that those two together would decide to kill it.
5: Well, it was like they made a pact with it. But the question
2: is to do what?
5: I, I don't know.
2: Hopefully it is benevolent, because the. It- Now inside of me, or at least a part of it.
5: I mean, that's all I can tell you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what he would do with that information. Hmm.
4: Thanks, you wasted this man's time (laughs) with your (laughs) magic.
5: I know nothing of Uh, gods and goddesses. So. he would he would
2: thank her and he would he would leave and he's 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 probably going to go pray to his gods to be like, help, <laughs> help me, <laughs> help me, please, because one of his gods is the god of protection and the other is the god of luck. So he's going to need both of those, hopefully, because that's uh. That's
0: something. Okay. Um, so you pray... Uh, which do you pray to first, Torag or Desna?
2: Probably Torag. I feel like he prays to Torag first.
0: You'll feel little more than your own uh, personal uh, like sense of stability that comes from your worship of Torag uh, and the familiarity that it brings you, but you feel no external force or or sense of guidance. Hmm. Okay,
2: I'm on my will. well on my way to becoming a cleric.
0: <laughs> However, when you pray to Desna, oh, there is a faint, uh, a faint sense, almost like a fluttering in your chest. Uh, with your eyes closed, you can see a tiny vision that of a golden scale wreathed in a golden fire. Around it, dancing a bright blue, very beautiful butterfly. The butterfly lights upon the scale, and though the flames look hot, Its wings are left untouched. And you gain a sense of some sort of reassurance.
2: Well then, he will thank Desna for whatever that was. And uh, feel a little more okay about it, I guess. He'll take that as a sign that she's saying you're not going to die from this. And it's not going to be awful.
1: Okay. You can make your assumptions. That's up to you.
2: I feel like the the fire not hurting the butterfly kind of thing is he would take <laughs> that as a sign of like, this might be scary, but it's not gonna hurt you. Maybe. Who knows? He could uh he could explode into into flames at any moment at this point.
4: Your perception check was too low, you couldn't hear the butterfly screaming the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: okay so um i think the only other thing uh i'd like to do if and like this is only if y'all want to do it like i can have brock's friends be like hey here, here's the thing and everybody come to the party and all that shit or i can just have a little thing where they were like i'll give you a gift and that, that'd be it you know like a little say it thing
1: well, what's most in character for Brock's friends? <laughs> I mean, they would,
0: they would give him something and, uh, and invite him to drink. Uh, and they would invite him to invite his friends, but that's up to Brock.
1: Sounds like that's a weight for Brock to carry then.
2: Well, I, I mean, he would, if he was his friends were invited, then yeah, he might. <sighs> Well, yeah, probably. He would. I mean, he would advise them if, if a thing is already being done, he would advise them to it. All right. But he would. He would not do the thing himself.
0: All right. Then, on Ard the fifteenth of approach, Maximilian and Shilin will come find Brock uh, on the day. Of the anniversary of his birth. Where where is Brock today?
2: Uh, honestly, he's probably either working on his gift to them or training.
0: Okay. All right. So, I think you were crafting while uh, when, when they roll up looking for you. So where are you? Are you at Clint's place? are you staying at the inn i i
2: probably well i i probably would have stayed with uh the there wherever they were at if there was a room like whatever and uh, they were at but if that was full i would have stayed in class um
0: i think i think you did get a place there uh for you were able to work something out and uh, are you just crafting in your room
2: I would have either been crafting in my room or training out somewhere in like a, the most open place I could find. One of the two. Because that's what he would do with his spare time.
0: Alright. So there would come a knock. A knock. On your door. Um. I would swiftly hide
2: their gift. Because I don't see it. And uh, then I would go
0: open the door. Uh, Maximilian would be standing there. Hey, friend, how's it going?
2: Good. It's going well. How about yourself?
0: It's going pretty good. He kind of like looks looks in your room, and they're just like, "What are you doing in here today, of all days?"
2: Yeah, I'm working.
0: And he he kind of like narrows his eyes. He's like, you know what today is right?
2: I am well aware of what the day
0: is. Well then, come on! <laughs> he grabs you around the shoulders. We're going to go celebrate. He would, he would
2: kind of resist at first, of like, eh, and then he would, he would go. because He's like, ah, oh, whatever.
0: <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, they would take you downstairs and... Uh, Shailen would be there and uh, <clears throat> when you get down Shailen's like oh good you're up uh, Maximilian take him to go get his friends and they're invited too of course Maximilian looks at you as like you want to go get your new friends they both look quite pleased with themselves
2: no I'm already here I, no, I'd probably go look for them at least. I'm not gonna hunt them down, but <laughs> if they're all at or near Clint's, I will invite the ones that are there. All right so then yes, yes I would.
0: So he will he will go with you uh, to help hunt everybody down and when they arrive at Clint's, who all is within the rough, rough vicinity of Clint's place? and Navarro.
5: Well, I'm pretty much always there.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Victoria and Riley could be having a uh, little uh, museum date. That's cool.
2: <laughs> museum date? Yeah. Are you, are you sure they found the time to leave the Calustrian bed bedchambers?
1: Well, I mean, we can multitask. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brock, go about
0: inviting your friends to your birthday party
2: uh let's see who who would he be likely to run into first
0: uh the most eye-catching thing would be the so
2: okay well then he will go i guess not knock on the door because it's been established she doesn't close the door uh he will approach knock on the door frame and be like uh wait is this before or after her name change before, before her
5: name change,
0: because didn't didn't that happen like later on?
5: Yeah, it happened right towards the end. So, okay.
2: So then he would approach. He'd be like, um, "Adira, my friends yeah. have uh, sought fit to invite you to celebrate the day of my birth. Uh, would you like to come with us?"
5: It's your birthday.
2: Uh, it is yes.
5: Oh, happy birthday!
2: Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it seems they have decided that we are going to be. He would look to him, uh, to Maximilian, and be like, "I drinking today?" As yes. if one needs
0: an excuse to do so. Drinking and eating, and celebrating in general. You should have said something sooner. I'm sure
5: that uh, Leaf would have made a birthday dinner, and I hear Riley can bake. You might have got a cake out of it
2: well this itself was not my idea once once you have had 71 of these the 72nd is not as important
5: okay i I suppose (laughs) i can understand that (laughs) all right let's let's go find the other boys
0: (laughs) she's just like hmm and there's just like two more digits
5: He don't even know when she was born, because she doesn't know when the Queen died.
0: That's fair.
2: I, I guess uh, he would go inside to see who's in there, and probably run into Riley. And uh, he would approach Riley. What? Yeah, I was, like,
5: was going to say, are the boys in there?
1: Yes. <laughs> I would. That, that's that's the plan. Like,
5: <laughs> like, Adira would just walk in, and she'd be like, Riley! <laughs> It's his birthday!
1: His birthday? Box is another year older today.
5: No, no, no. Brock is having a birthday.
1: Oh, and Riley will, like, walk around the corner with Victoria. Um, It's Brock's birthday, and why am I just hearing about this right now? We should be keeping a calendar for these sorts of things.
5: Because he wasn't going to tell anybody, but his friends told on him. Uh...
1: (laughs) Riley, uh, heads right over to Brock, stands in front of him, offers a hand for a birthday handshake, and says, um, how old is, how old are you today, Brock? Uh,
2: Brock would extend his hand for a, a birthday manshake and
1: uh Rephrase <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, Let's this rewind this cut this that
4: Rephrase
0: <laughs> is, is it a meaty birthday man shake It's a
1: Brockhard <laughs> man shake that's for sure <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> He would he would say today marks my uh 70 second
1: uh, 70 seconds Well yes. That puts things into perspective. (laughs) Riley returns the handshake.
2: Where's Leaf? He would would, would look at you curiously and he would say, does it?
1: I haven't taken much time to consider the age of my companions, to be perfectly honest. And hearing that you're about six, three, two, two times as old as I am, plus some, is... (laughs) Uh, yes, it's perspective. Puts things into, uh, big-time perspective. Oh, he's
5: still a baby. Now, where's Leaf? He's
1: like, three and a half times your age. <laughs> <laughs> close well, enough. Numbers, I am, everything I said was close.
2: I am, I am no child, thank you.
1: <laughs> yes.
5: Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> we're still missing one. Where's Leif?
4: I imagine he's probably, like, out and about just doing, like, work around Clint's house, like, fixing his fence and planting flowers.
1: Well, Adira, I imagine that Leaf is out and about doing work around Clint's house, like, fixing fences and planting flowers. I'll go find him. We have a birthday party. <laughs> oh, Brock, there's a whole party going on.
2: I, I was just told about this. I, I am not sure exactly what's going on.
1: Well, you know, Brock, I do have a hand in baking. I can make baked goods. If I had known about this at a time, I would have baked you a cake. And I'm you, sure you Leaf know. would have cooked you a birthday feast. I, I keep hearing that, yes.
5: <laughs> like, Adiris just goes back outside. She's like, Leaf! Leaf,
4: where are you? Box!
5: Yes, you too, Box! Come on! It's Brock's birthday, we have to go to the birthday party.
4: The the shutters swing open. Did someone say birthday? <laughs> yes!
0: I don't know why, but I just imagine like Ash Ketchum's mom just like did somebody say
1: birthday? I imagine like birds flying away at that time too, like it's a fucking Disney princess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: don't forget to clean your
4: underwear I've I've always pictured it more as like Jason Mews and clerks at the drive-thru window but maybe that's a bit obscure of a reference
5: (laughs) but uh yeah they're having a party so for him so come on
4: (laughs) where have I been we've already had enough time to plan a party
5: no no his friends the ones that are getting married planned a party for him he wasn't even gonna tell us it was his birthday
4: just like, like climb in through the window. <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right. So, uh, what does the birthday boy want to spend his birthday doing?
5: Drinking, evidently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Clinton just treats everybody. Clinton and dear will just treat everybody like fucking children.
4: You mean Leaf. I know we look a lot alike.
0: <laughs> oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Yes, Leaf. I don't know why. He, he can't leave. tell Elf apart. I'm an Elfist bastard.
4: <laughs> Dang, knife ears. Yes, <laughs> leave. Leaf
0: and Adira, treat everybody like
4: children.
5: Hey, I'm at least 2,000 years older than everybody here. I have a right.
4: Like 900. <laughs> or, or I like guess, 1,900. <clears throat>
1: There's <laughs> fucking, fucking Riley over there choking. Okay. That's gonna be, yeah, uh, take away a couple of zeros from that, and um, yeah, we're basically the same age.
0: <laughs> the Brock Day Boy. Oh,
5: shit. So where are we having this party? <laughs> right now, Brock's
2: hand is just... His face is just in his hand of just watching all of this unfold, she this is why I don't tell people.
0: Maximilian <laughs> motions toward the, to, further into the city, and he's just like, this way, the ladies and gentlemen.
1: Oh, but we're forgetting all of Brock's other friends. Like, Clint. Where's Clint? <laughs> Clint! Clint! <laughs> right? We're <laughs> having Adira turn around to go fetch Clint. <laughs>
0: He's- he's laying in bed, just- He- he's not
1: moving. Oh dear god, he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Clint, no! Birthday, death day.
4: (laughs) He's like, Clint, no! And he's like, Huh, Huh.
1: it's funny. I thought elves couldn't sleep. Weird. (laughs) Oh, that was 3.5. Oh... But they're still immune to sleep uh, in this.
0: They're
1: they're immune to magical sleep effects. Oh well, that's lame.
4: Like when Riley tells stories.
1: Hey, you know what? <laughs> you know what, guy? <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 the, <laughs>
1: the,
4: they
0: have uh, they have the all night mask just built into their gene. To their GNA. Their DNA. <laughs> <GNAs>. G- <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say jeans and then I was going to say DNA. <laughs> oh,
1: built, into built into <laughs> pants. Built
4: into pants.
5: Sean, you done been to Chris's house and been hitting that line. <laughs> you know? No. Don't lie.
1: Yeah, it's my walk. How,
0: how am I gonna walk from the middle of Texas to the top of New York?
1: With your fucking feet, how else? <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, you could you could get some of those shoes that have the little wheels on the bottom. That'd make your trip a little bit easier.
1: Oh yeah, a- what are they called? <laughs> uh wheel wheelies. shoes. Those are great. Oh. Uh, did you say wheelies? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to perfect. say it, but I needed to be more dumb. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you could just you could just wheel your way on up to New York.
1: <laughs> Sean just fucking riding Heelys all the way from Texas to New York.
4: New magic item. <laughs> Heelys of <on>
1: perpetual motion. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so did we try
5: to wake the unconscious
0: Clint or do we just leave him be Uh, he he woke up when Uh when, when Riley was like oh no
5: Clint you have to get up there's a birthday party
0: did somebody say birthday
5: (laughs) yes it's Brock's birthday and they're throwing him a party
1: and Brock personally Asked for your attendance. You being one of his greatest of friends, Clint. He,
0: he climbs out the window, closes it, and throws open the shutters. <laughs> 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 this is a uh, long, I... long-held elvish custom. <laughs> 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 you... oh, uh, yes, sorry, um... Please let let me get up and get ready, and he will roll out of bed.
5: Yeah, I'll, I'll leave the room if the man's gonna change clothes.
0: Yeah, that that's fair, probably. But she, you would probably be growing more and more acclimated to the point that the man sleeps like he's dead.
1: Mm. Oh, that explains it. That sounds unhealthy.
5: <laughs> the heavy sleeper.
1: Yeah. Everybody
0: goes to the inn.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Maximilian, I think, uh, the entire way there is kind of like chastising Brock slightly for, for not sharing that it was his birthday with all of his friends. But also kind of like admitting that he kind of expected that because it took them over a year to to learn that it was his birthday.
2: I imagine they probably would have gone an entire year, celebrated their own birthdays, realized we've known you for over a year. (laughs) We've yet to celebrate your birthday. You're telling us what day it is.
0: Yeah, something along those lines.
4: (laughs) Well, it's only right that we punish him for this grave offense by making him enjoy this day.
0: (laughs) You're gonna be happy, damn it! Gonna
4: so... be happy whether you like it or not. <laughs> Happiness hey, is mandatory. On the
5: way to the, on the way to the end, if there, if I see anything neat being sold in the street, I'll buy it for Brock for his birthday. <laughs> oh, look, a
0: birthday oh. present. Well, there just so happens to be a slave market with a child that is not under, uh not educated, employed, or trained.
4: That's padlin.
5: <clears throat> Does Brock want a slave? His
2: loyalty no. is freedom.
5: <laughs> I think if you, I think if
2: you bought a slave for Brock, he might punch you.
4: I'd lose my Here mind. If I, I, got rat, you. I got rat though. Call back to the stabby little orphan.
1: Stabby <laughs> hey, orphan?
4: You remember him from the caravan, rat? Oh yeah, <clears throat> little
1: orphan stabby. Right, yeah. <laughs>
4: Stole all the money for the church. You know, I'm sure it went to a good cause.
0: <clears throat> just yeah, better
4: knife for him to stab people
0: with. Are you going to look for <laughs> a <slave> market? No. <laughs> 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 all right.
4: I mean, is there actually a slave market?
3: No.
0: <laughs> this is a fucking city that worships Desna. No.
4: Yeah, I was like, because that's gonna be a problem. I guess I'm. We're doing a slave bust on your birthday. <clears throat> Happy <Ooh>. birthday, Brock. <laughs> you <laughs> he just, would
2: enjoy that.
0: <laughs> I just went really too far in on a, a neat joke. <laughs> okay, so, so let's, end, let's set up a surprise slave
4: bust for Brock's birthday. He'll love it.
1: Oh boy, oh boy.
4: You two put on the shackles.
3: <laughs>
0: Later on in the evening, uh, Brock goes back to his room and Riley's tied up on the bed. <laughs> 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 a very compromising position,
4: Master. What shall you have me do? <laughs> oh, I, I,
2: Brock walks out and leaves him tied there. Shit,
3: <laughs>
1: man. No, no. We were gonna rock out too, and everything. It was being great. Oh, well. Are
0: you gonna rock out with your brocks out? <laughs>
1: Our Brock cards out, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, y'all get to, <laughs> y'all get to the end, yes. Uh, and when when you arrive, uh, the the place is a little less busy than it had been when Brock left. Uh, and there's also, however, a large table, uh, which is actually a couple of tables pushed together uh in the middle of the room on which there's quite a bit of fairly nice food set out and an entire cask of ale uh a that is cask. already tapped yes a cask not like one of the fucking 800 gallon ones just like a yeah I know. like a <clears> 20 <throat> gallon one and uh <clears throat> and Chillin, like, welcome back everybody. And Maximilian goes and like kinda runs ahead of everybody over over by where she's at, and they're both standing uh rather suspiciously in a particular configuration on either side
1: of the cask.
2: <laughs> um okay.
1: Riley (laughs) leans over to Brock and says Do you think that they're standing rather Suspiciously next to that cast It seems that way, yes Uh,
0: Make me Perception (laughs) checks
1: Okay Shit, we lost our rogue This might be a trap, they'd get a bonus too
4: (laughs) I got a 16 I got a
1: 20 (laughs) I got a total of 21
4: (laughs) Okay Come on dice Yeet, twenty five.
0: Okay, so neither of them are extremely good at this. So you all see that the reason they are standing so suspiciously is because they are hand they are hiding something behind the cask. Is it a slave I child? Just... <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's not a slave child. It it, it appears to be relatively small. Uh, <laughs> certainly smaller than the diameter of the cask.
5: So a slave baby.
1: (laughs) Brock, do you think they got you a puppy? Is this something you enjoy?
2: No, I I don't think I would enjoy a puppy too much. I would, uh, Brock is just going to act like he has no clue what's going on. And he's just gonna kind of start walking that direction, I guess, to like prompt them to do whatever they're gonna do because he knows something's about to happen
0: all right so when you approach they all they, they both kind of like shift around just making sure that they whatever this thing is is opposite you from the uh from the cast that like i said they're not very good at this so like you you get around and they 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 get you a, a mug and and give you the first drink they're like we got you something bro. uh For, uh, for being our friend for the last three years, something we hope you'll like, given your interests, and they will pull out a small, very kind of fancy, like, uh, cubic chest.
2: I will take it, and I assume it is meant to be opened. And I will do so. They,
0: they uh you open it and inside is about a one cubic foot of black marble. Very high quality black marble. Uh,
2: okay, I get it. I will look at it. Is it is is it just like a like a brick of this stuff?
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a one foot it's it's a it's a one-foot carver's block.
4: Yeah.
2: Okay. <clears throat> I uh, I will look at it, and just kind of, you know, observe it, and see how black marbley it is, and I will look up at them, and I'll say thank you. I will. I would. I would like to craft something very uh, very unique out of this. It will. It will certainly. Well, hopefully, if my skill lives up to it, be beautiful and. The
0: they they both smile and and uh nod and uh shalen will speak up we thought you might like it uh you always seemed to like carving with the stones that we could find but it was hard to find good stone that would hold up in large sizes uh we were able to pick this up a couple of months ago uh from a traveling uh quarryman
2: I will certainly hope to put it to good use. He would take that, you know, fly, uh, you know his tankard of ale or whatever he's got, and he's going to turn to the whole group, the, the new friends mostly, and he would be like, uh, I know I don't really enjoy these things, but it does mean a lot to me that you would even on such short notice gather for a celebration such as this in my name. It shows that there are people out here who can mean something to each other and would come together for a time like this. And while I need no excuse to drink, it is good to do so among friends. And he will kind of toast everybody and drink. Hear, here, And then he will uh, invite you all to drink out of his huge keg of ale, or tiny keg of ale.
1: Huge tiny, yep.
0: It's it's pretty it's pretty big. It's about a foot and a half diameter.
2: It's it's like brock. He's huge tiny. He's <laughs> tiny but he's big at the same time. <laughs> just in just different ways.
0: It's about 20 gallons of ale, so you got plenty of drink. And the food is good and it is also quite plentiful. There's plenty, in, excuse me. There's plenty enough for everybody and I think uh, the sharing of some stories about uh, about everybody. Nothing, nothing too out there or anything. But I think, you know, general, we're at a party together. Conversation would ensue.
3: <laughs>
1: this is uh, a tavern, right? So there's other people here too. It's not just our party, right? Right.
0: Uh, it is pretty low on other people, comparatively, uh, to what it was earlier in the day. This is probably a little bit of a slow time for this particular inn.
1: Oh, either way, anyone else who's kicking around the tavern, uh, Riley's going to try to bring pretty much everyone there into the party. And I think the way he wants to do it on this particular occasion is to uh, regale the tavern with the story of our encounter with the Flying Highwayman on our way off over to Starlight. But he's going to alter the story so it makes Brock look like the real hero of the encounter. <laughs> You mean
2: Brock, who did absolutely nothing that entire fight.
1: And this is probably before Riley and Brock's actual sparring match, where Riley learned a lot about Brock, so the only thing he really knows is that Brock can throw rocks. So it's <laughs> a, a lot about how Brock subdued or made the Flying Highwayman flee by throwing
4: rocks at him.
0: <laughs> Go ahead and give me an oratory check. Sure. <laughs>
4: That's when Brock said, my rocks will blot out the sun.
1: 21.
0: On the dark side of the world? They'll blot out the sun.
4: It's a figure of speech. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So, uh... like, everyone around is, is pretty enraptured by the story and, and, like, gathers around and is, like, asking Brock what it was like.
2: <laughs> Brock is sitting uh, there uh, listening to the story, like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> like,
0: to- toasting to his health and uh, maybe someday you'll, you'll all get that, that rotten bastard. <laughs> Brock is trying to remember, like, <laughs> did I do more than I thought I did? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he did yes. make a sense motive against his performance and mark my words we were all so thankful that Brock was there during this encounter for if he wasn't the flying highwayman may have for sure escaped with Clint's cart <laughs> may have for sure yes may have for sure
0: <laughs> Clint's just over there nodding yes they saved my cart Yes, Brock saved the cards. <laughs> <It is nuts. laughs> he's he's a little drunk already. He does he doesn't he doesn't Great. drink super heavily. It's he's even just over better. there like pushing his glasses up, nodding like nodding a little too hard so like the glasses slide back down his nose and then pushes him up again. It's uh, like, yeah.
1: Adorable. <laughs>
2: When they come up, if they come up and start asking Brock for more details, he's not going to lie to them. So, like, it's going to be a very strange situation. It's okay,
1: where... it's okay. if Riley's within earshot; he's going to interject from his own storytelling <laughs> into answering these questions <laughs> to turn it back around into more storytelling about how great Brock is.
0: Uh, I, I think Riley. <laughs> Shit, I think Riley is successful in this. <laughs> with with his with his relatively high roll. Good. <laughs>
2: Brock's like, oh really? Like I was on foot. I was running after them the whole time.
0: <laughs> it's like I got I got like short little legs. I don't run that fast.
1: Yes, but man, could you throw <laughs> a mean rock or two or eight? <laughs> <laughs> no one expects such a volley of rocks to be hurled at them. <laughs> <laughs> Think of the sheer terror on the flying highwayman's face when a barrage of rocks (laughs) went sailing through the sky, (laughs) casting an ominous, dark, evil shadow over the flying highwayman, instilling him with such fear and terror because he knew the Brock was coming. Uh,
0: That's what Brock stands for. It's it's barrage of rocks. Yeah, okay,
1: that makes sense. Yes, that is what Brock stands for, Barrage of Rocks.
5: <laughs>
1: that evening, the Flying Highwayman certainly could smell what the Brock was cooking. <laughs> I was gonna
2: make that joke, too. I
1: was like,
0: ah.
1: No, it's my story. I get to make the dumb jokes. <laughs> And every once in a while, Riley, like, looks over to Leaf and Adira and, like, asks them to just participate a little bit, like, Isn't this correct that Brock did this? Such valiancy! Such heroism!
4: I recall it slightly differently, but I agree. Well,
1: you must be drunk, (laughs) Leaf, because I (laughs) recall it perfectly!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile... With his his, his uh, assumed role of two, Riley is probably the most drunk out of everybody.
4: Leaf is drinking water disguised as booze.
0: <laughs> water disguised as booze. Oh no, I paid
1: for the vodka.
4: People keep handing him shots and he just hucks it over his shoulder when no one's looking.
1: And Box just slurps him up off the ground.
0: And just... He just walks by uh, Riley every now and again and dumps it in his mouth.
1: <laughs> oh, what a good birthday! <laughs> so
0: I think everybody but
1: uh, Leaf and
0: maybe Adira. I don't know if Adira drinks or not. I don't. I don't think she does.
5: Not really. She'll drink like one drink with a meal or something, but like that's it.
1: Uh, so I, I think Riley gets pretty junk. Uh, hey, hey, you know what? I want to roll that fort save. Alright. Oh god. Twenty-four. Alright, all right, so that's oh, wait, that's no. like one of them. That was me!
3: you <laughs> 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 Wait.
0: You click,
1: you click. Go to
0: where it says name. Okay, I'm drunk it? in
1: real life. Never mind, I abstain.
0: <laughs> you got a five. I rolled it four. Thank you.
1: How did I roll for Brock? <laughs> you opened his sheet. No, I'm on my sheet. <laughs> I just I knew that
2: Sean was going down the list of people who was drunk, so I just went ahead and rolled a port safe. It oh. just happened to be at the
1: same time. Sean told him to roll a port safe fucking great great
0: by, by the end of the night it was the flying highwayman who defeated leaf and sent him running off into the box with his woods <laughs> i just love how excited you were about that 24 you know what
3: <laughs> shut up what?
1: Let's not even talk about how my plus to fort is only a plus three, making a twenty four impossible. <laughs> Let's not discuss that. Your, your, your plus to fort is only a plus two. No, I have a plus three. I have a. Oh, no, yeah, I got, You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Calm down. I rolled a
0: <laughs> Okay.
1: <laughs> so you got a six. <laughs> So, by the end of this- by the end of his storytelling this night, Riley's right, just like, And I want you all to know that this is the best birthday I've ever had.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, while you're saying that... Uh, Maximilian and Shaylin and probably a couple of random patrons are just kind of trying to like lay you down on a bench <laughs> because you've probably already like stumbled and knocked shit over. Well,
5: his girlfriend's there too. Yeah, at some point Brock
2: oh, is yeah, going go to go in,
0: Victoria, and be like, "You
2: should, you, you may want to take him home." <laughs> let's
1: see. Let's see. Listen, it's not going to kill me. I almost died once, you know. This this amount of alcohol is not going to kill me. Victoria,
0: Victoria, just like, and kind of I was like, "Come on, come on," and just like, kind of stands you up.
1: Oh, hey everyone, this is, you know, who this is. This is Victoria. You know how much I've been looking. You know, Victoria, I love you. She's like,
0: I, I love you too. You're fucking
1: blocked. Let's, let's go. I'm not drunk. You're drunk. Okay. <laughs> I'm not drunk your brock. <laughs> I'm not drunk your brock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, with his with his, his dwarvish blood and <laughs> and stony constitution, Brock is just over there on like his third gallon of ale and is just like
1: <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh. Wow. What a story, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) You're just destined to fail every fourth save. It's not one of my strongest I have two bad saves. What am I going to (laughs) do? The answer is get poisoned and fucking get confused, I guess.
4: Recommend drinking a glass of water.
1: So...
0: Uh, I would like—I would like to ask you when the alcohol finally catches up with Riley in the middle of the street on the way back to the Coistrian Church. Do you want to black out or vomit?
1: Oh, he—he'll uh, ace his reflex save to vomit off the side of the road. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> she's just walking you along line. He's just like,
1: <laughs> hold on a second. I need to touch attack the ground with my vomit. Give me a second. She, she holds your hair. <laughs> That's very kind of her. <laughs> and Riley's just like, I hope he had a good time. I hope Brock really enjoyed himself. That man deserves to have some enjoyment in his life. He always looks so bored. <laughs> it's that stone slab expression on his face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just has the permanent boulder mask. <laughs> <sighs> okay so happy birthday to you <laughs> that went so much different that, that song I thought it might... was copyrighted
1: the birthday song is happy brock day to you there avoided <laughs> that legal mess ah <laughs> uh, but then it's derivative yeah whatever
0: warner brothers gonna sue us <laughs>
1: <laughs> whatever i'm sure they don't have good lawyers
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: oh shit. I've
5: never been so glad that Adira doesn't have a birthday
0: Adira does have a birthday
1: She doesn't know it Oh wait she has a name well, day now she, has
0: she does have a name day
1: Yeah mark on the calendar when her name changed. That will be when we celebrate
2: Yeah when we get all the way around the year And we haven't celebrated your birthday And we go hey Everybody else has had a birthday, but you haven't. We're figuring yours out.
1: Yeah, and then Riley will tell the story of how you kicked the flying highwayman's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think she
0: did more than I did.
5: No, I never hit him.
0: No, Yes, <laughs> Neither did, yes I. did
5: I. I shot stuff at him, but I never hit him.
0: You hit him once.
1: See, you did more than me.
0: So We'll, we'll call that the 20th of approaches when y'all gave her a new name. Neat.
2: Also, I love Riley's description
0: of Rock's powers all the time. He's just throwing rocks.
1: <laughs> At this point in the story, it's the only thing Riley knows you're capable of.
2: <laughs> but see, when you say throw in rocks, it makes it sound like he just picks up a rock and chunks it.
1: I don't think Riley technically saw how you shot Rock's. He just knew rocks were being thrown through the air. Also, and I your think I've, name, only
2: ever used, I've only ever used actual stones. I don't think I've actually used like spikes or anything. So it, it's literal, just regular rocks.
1: So then the story was definitely Brock just picking up rocks from the side of the road and throwing them <laughs> with great efficiency.
5: <laughs> but yeah, Adira would just be or Tava now would just be hanging out um, in the Vardo. Is where she's spending most of her time.
1: So the the day of the wedding, I'm assuming, like, leading up to it, we've spent a lot of time hanging out, or at least a fair bit of time hanging out with the uh, the, the couple at least once in a while. Um, I'm sure Brock is hanging out with them a lot more often than the rest of us, but I feel like we probably meet up once in a while, right?
2: Uh, I feel like that would happen, yeah.
1: Okay. um, So, like, the day of the wedding that we were going to... Does uh was Tava just like hanging out on her own in the forest?
5: Well, she's not in the forest. She has she has the Vardo parked with the with uh our cart and Clint's cart up by Clint's place.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> so she's just living off the street in a camper, pretty much. <laughs>
5: kinda, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, great. So then, like, I I kind of picture it like um riley and victoria meet up with leaf maybe box i don't know if leaf's slapping like a bow tie on box and calling it a day and um (laughs) brock to uh head off to the wedding dressed in our finest and um like halfway there uh, i feel like riley goes is tava meeting us at the wedding or and then, like, he's informed that no one knows where she is?
2: <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't say anything to me.
1: Have you not seen her today, oh.
2: Brock? Uh, I, I have not. I've been, uh, I've been busy, busy getting ready. She didn't mention anything about meeting.
1: You know, it did strike me weird that we all didn't just meet up outside of Clint's to head there together. Um... I have an idea. Why don't you go on, you and Victoria, head on without me, and I will uh, check to make sure that Tava's okay. I uh, can do. And uh, Riley will uh, sprint off back to Tava's camper in the streets. And this Boy, is
5: how you know he trusts Brock? He just left his girlfriend alone with you.
1: That, I guess that's true.
2: Now, when you say trust, like trust that I'm not going to try and pull anything, or trust that I won't let her get murdered?
1: Yes. Yeah, I feel like that's just a guess. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like uh, Riley running back. (laughs) Um, Probably uh, scans Clint's place real fast before heading over to the uh, uh, Tava's lovely little carriage and uh, knocking on the door.
5: Uh, yeah, she will answer the door, and the first thing you would notice is, normally, when y'all aren't working, she's, uh, wears her dresses and stuff, she's in full gear, her chain mail and everything.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Radley, like, dressed in probably the nicest clothing he's worn this entire adventure. I- I'm figuring something, like, white and deep red. Um, <laughs> a, uh... Nice suit like apparel, formal wear. Um, will look at Tava and kind of cock his head to the side a little bit and say, That's um, not quite the formal wear I was expecting to see you in.
5: Um, it's not time for formal wear.
1: Riley leans in a little bit and says, You do know what a wedding is, do you not?
5: Uh, yes, I'm familiar with weddings. I'm not going to the wedding.
1: Why am I just hearing about this now? But bigger question, why not?
5: Um. Well, because nobody asked me before. And because... Well, there's a list of reasons. Um, primarily, it, everything is crowded. The New Year's happens tonight. And... I don't want to be out among a bunch of people. Uh, People tend to be frightened of me. A lot of them assume I'm undead when they look at me. Um, And even those that know better than that figure something is wrong with me, so I make people uncomfortable. Um, Secondly, based on the vision, I know something bad is going to happen when we pass under that ring and um i figure the best thing to do is be geared up and ready to fight
1: well if something bad is supposed to happen then wouldn't it be more preferable for us as a whole to stick together we are quite strong in our numbers we form quite a good team as far as i can tell anyways i made a werewrap explode once
5: I heard yes. about the exploding where rat and cleaned up the mess afterwards. Yes. Um are the rest of you going armed?
1: Well Armed in good spirits. <laughs>
5: you might want to consider taking your weapon with you.
1: Yes. My uh my father's rapier does have a uh uh Decorative formal tiding to it Though it's a bit worn And Admittedly I was a little concerned about bringing the weapon To a formal arrangements, But I also am concerned Leaving be- leaving it behind as well As I am I... leaving you behind
5: uh, Think of it less as leaving me behind And more of me staying guard Because all of our stuff is here and because Clint might need protecting.
1: Well, it certainly does us no good if you aren't enjoying the festivities with us. Even if something were to befall our belongings, then I'd rather us to be together and lose everything than to miss out on a moment's... ...in our story, in our histories... ...just for the sake of some belongings.
5: You, you do know that I don't particularly enjoy... ...festivities, as you call them.
1: Well, how many have you been to?
5: I don't enjoy crowds of people.
1: Is it because of the concerns you listed... ...that you feel like you make others uncomfortable?
5: Well, I do. I uh, like um, your friend, uh, the debt collector... Yes. He gave me one of the nicest compliments. He told me I'm not the weirdest thing he's ever seen.
1: I see. Well, to be perfectly fair, uh, fair Taba, uh, all of us are quite strange in our own little ways. We travel with someone who routinely talks to a tree, man.
5: That that is true, and and Box gets his share of looks, but it doesn't seem to uh, bother him that he frightens other people. As someone who Lived thousands of years knowing nothing but fear the last thing I want to do is cause fear in others especially when they are just out trying to have a good time
1: yes well here's the thing Tava people even if these words are true and people fear you they'll never be able to get over these fear if you stay hidden in the background or hidden to the darkness clearly uh, our companions and myself we do not fear you we've come to know you and I believe that others would do the same if given the chance
5: and you know weddings they're not exactly my thing to begin with
1: just in general or is there a particular reason why
5: well the whole mess that the queen got into with the daemon all came about because of an issue with her husband Mm Hmm. um Part of the reason I was headed to Starlight was to do some research and see if some jewelry had turned up here. Um, Because I still need... I need to track him down and tell him that his wife's not coming back. But, uh, yeah. um, Didn't end so well. So, yeah.
1: Sure, but you can't be shackled by distant memories especially now that you've taken upon yourself a new name. Why not forge new memories for yourself?
5: And memories of what, Riley? Watching two people that I don't know
1: get married? Oh, I mean, that's just an excuse to drink, Tava. Memories of spending time at a joyous occasion with people that I hope you call friends.
5: Yeah, I consider you all my friends.
1: Well, Tava, this is what friends do. They go to festivities, whether they like it or not, and then they get drunk, and then they actually admit that they kind of liked it in the end. I don't get drunk. Have you tried? Mm, People do stupid things when they're drunk. I can't argue with that, but sometimes stupid things are called for. (laughs) As weird as it is to say.
5: Mm, Possibly, but uh, stupid things...
1: Uh, often lead to too much personal contact. I see. Well, you we can always monitor the amount of alcohol you take. Yeah. Or abstain completely. I mean, I'll be sure to take your share if so desired. Oh, you can you can drink my share if you like. Um,
5: still, the issue of the chain shirt needs to go with us, though.
1: Well, we can pack it along. We could even bring this and park it nearby. We could do that, if we can get it through the streets.
5: As crowded as it is.
1: Don't see why not. It might take a little meandering. We might be a little late, but that's a small price to pay for your company. Besides, I have Victoria. Leaf has Box. Brock is an awkward fifth wheel without you. I'm supposed to be Brock's date? Company. Company. I did not say date. He's a little young. <laughs> still so I'm taking it that I'm weaseling a yes out of you then
5: we take the cart for so the chain search nearby I will there. if you'll drive I'll change
1: on the way acceptable but oh and the cat of course of
5: yeah <laughs> yeah box left gray here for some reason that's maybe okay maybe well. they didn't have a bow tie
1: <laughs> well we certainly can't leave the cat behind either such a valued member of our party. I mean, if you don't want to be Brock's date, perhaps the cat can be. Okay, that works. (laughs) It's good to know the cat agrees. (laughs) Yes, well, we will uh, make our way over and mark my words, if you legitimately begin feeling too uncomfortable for this or if you need to leave for any reason, I'll support that, but I do think it's good for you to try to get what enjoyment you can from our company and these festivities
5: alright I suppose my dress is nice enough so I'll change on the way it's the nice thing about having a house on wheels
1: (laughs) yes absolutely a carriage fit for a queen let us be off
5: so she will go to the wedding hella and and she will (laughs) make sure that you drink twice as much as you should
1: great good I hope to be fucking wasted for the big event that'll be great
5: (laughs) (laughs) here's yours and here's mine drink them both
1: (laughs) what do you mean our offense can't stand up straight
0: (laughs) (laughs) the guild and friends uh, prepare revel and enjoy their time together Eventually, the final day of the year comes. Maximilian and Shaylin are set to be married, and everyone goes to attend the wedding, dressed well and with gifts in hand. The ceremony is happy, and in the moments where Maximilian and Shaylin finish their vows and are uh presenting each other with rings in the sky the great ring that every year the world passes through can be seen high above you can hear from other streets nearby the countdown of hundreds if not thousands of people counting down the last seconds of the year. Three, two, one. A loud tone rings out, seeming less to be coming from the ring and almost as if the world itself were ringing. It rings again a few moments later. And a third time. Cheers and flowers and alcohol and everything is being shouted and screamed and celebrated in these moments and then the third tone comes and it distorts creating a uneasy feeling in the air People look around confused and there's a great cracking sound People look up to the sky as great expanses of flame burst from the great ring. It begins to break apart. And with an even louder sound, like the air and reality itself being torn apart, a ripple flows across the sky. A bolt of lightning moving in slow motion, tearing open. A vision above of something terrible. But standing amidst The presence of others. Everyone looks on in horror. (laughs) (laughs) And now, the prelude ends. And the true horror begins. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
5: Hi, this is Tracy, the voice of a deer. I would like to take a moment to tell you about a new podcast, it's called Destrous. We have a pre-colonialism Native American, a Old West gambler, and a modern day teenager from Detroit, dropped off in a brand new world full of magic and absolute chaos. I am the DM, I will try to wrangle them and guide them as they make their journey across this world and maybe learn some new things and right some wrongs. If you like high magic fantasy, this is definitely a world for you. You can find us on Twitter at Dustrous Podcast. And we hope you join us there and in the Discord.
3: I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Don. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at hexgridheroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Corey in Pokemon Seicho. Over there, I also sit down with a couple of my friends and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting. If you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies, I also do a horror movie review podcast over on the Necropodicon Network. It's right there in the name. How to Survive a Horror Movie where we talk about movies like Legion, Hush, and Quiet Place and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better and what would be our perfect sequel. That's all for me for now. You never know, I am going to have another project so follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Don Hey
4: everyone, thank
0: you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at ActionForge. you go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do Oh, of course Naturally. i know what the control, control zone, zone is i mean control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is you guys you guys probably no, like the comment. zone you guys, where you <laughs> get control? i fucking
1: hate both of you shut the
0: fuck up <laughs> some weird stuff's been going on in Filmore's crossing we just got word that three days ago elma's wife she tore the three kids limb
1: from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all Sounds like it's like the the Wild West out there. (laughs) (laughs) LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5e podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D.
0: If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Eterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our tea Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dream.